All right, everybody. Uh, kids can be dismissed at this time. If you want to take your kids, they can, or they can stay in here. Either way is fine. But three and under can go upstairs. Four to eight downstairs. Um, so yeah. So you get me tonight. But before you get me, you get Kathy, which is even better. Um. If you haven't talked to Kathy and didn't notice that she was gone a couple weeks ago, she went to Israel on a trip, and God did some really cool stuff on her trip. So she's going to tell you a little bit about that now, Kathy. Oh, look at those pictures. I didn't take a lot of pictures while I was there because I was too um, busy hanging out with people and not, you know, pestering them for a picture. So these are the few that I did get. Um, and I got a few more. But so uh, first, I just a little disclaimer because I feel like since I've been sharing my experiences, the um, kind of the first reaction people have is like, oh, must be nice, or good for you. I, I wish something like that would happen for me. And I just um, want to encourage you guys to not compare your maybe weaknesses to my strengths and vice versa, me comparing my weaknesses to your strengths, because um, God uses us all so amazingly and in such different ways. And it doesn't always look like taking you across the world to teach you these amazing things and, and, and to um, show how much he loves you. So for me, it really had to be far away from everything I'm comfortable with. So in order for me to really experience some cool stuff that God did. So I, um, I'll give you a little bit of background. Um, I did not intend on going to Israel at all um, in February, even. I, I didn't even know I was going. And I had a friend um, come up to me, and she said, here's $400. I feel like God told me to give this to you so that you can go to Israel. And I'm like, I... I don't have any intentions going to Israel. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm a, a mother of two, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and um, have barely even left them, let alone my husband. Um, I think we've been away at most like five days from one another in a really long time. So um, I had no intentions on, on going anywhere, um, let alone leaving the country. I've never traveled internationally before this trip, um, and I barely have traveled uh, nationally. So, um, <clears throat> so this is a big, a big deal. So she gave me four hundred dollars, and and I just said, well, if God wants me to go, He'll make it happen, right? Thinking that it probably wouldn't happen, um, and she's like, you know, I really. This was February. Here's four hundred dollars. There's this group going in March. And I, uh, I really think you should go, and you're meant to go. 
So I was like, uh, I doubt that's going to happen. I don't even have a passport. You know, I haven't applied to go. It was an extensive application process. I went with a lifestyle Christianity group, uh, which is under kind of a, a, a more known evangelist, uh, Todd White, um, if you've heard of him. And they do these conferences. It's called Power and Love. Um, and it's a fairly new thing within the last couple years. And they just travel all over the world and um, kind of equip the saints and commission and empower believers to just go and preach the gospel, um, heal the sick, cast out demons, baptize people. Um, I say that because that's like, it feels like it should be the norm, but it's not really the norm for us, like to just go and do these things, you know. I mean, I, can't, I do them while I'm out, maybe, sometimes. But I don't go to do these things, um, necessarily. So um, it's just a big new thing for me. So I applied, and um, I was accepted. It's the latest that they've run um, applications ever. They said, we are never, you know, this late. Like, this never happens to us. But we had some people who didn't pay and everything. So they accepted me. And I didn't have the money for the trip. It was, like, over $4,000. And um, so I even said, God, I was like, okay, you know, if you want me to go, you're going to have to give me $4,000 because I don't have that. And so they're like, you're accepted. You have to pay immediately, though, because it's crunch time. (laughs) So I was like, okay, let me see what God says. I'll get back to you. Um, And so I just asked the Lord, and um, he told me a little bit further back, sorry, several months ago that that he would kind of be taking me through a journey of vulnerability and and also healing. I have had a chronic illness since I was a teenager, and it flares up from time to time. I've never told you guys that until I absolutely had to when I was walking with a cane one one Sunday, and you guys were like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, oh, no big deal. It's just this thing that kind of flares up from time to time since I was a teenager. Um, so chronic pain, chronic fatigue, I've dealt with it since I was a teenager. Um, but I felt like several months ago, God said, um, I will be healing you, but it has to come through the hands of the body, meaning it's going to be incredibly vulnerable. You're going to have to put yourself out there. You're going to have to tell people that you even have this disease and ask for them to pray over you. And so I was like, okay. And then so when it came to this trip, and I was like, God, how am I going to pay for this? This is $4,000. I don't have that lying around. Maybe you guys do. I should have talked to you. Who does? No, just kidding. Um, and, and so, again, I felt like God said that just like I told you that I would heal you and it would come through the hands of the body, um, so will the funding for this. And you just have to trust me. So within two days, people from all over the place started calling me and texting me and messaging me saying, I have money for you. I want to give it to you for Israel. And I was just like, okay, all right, that's not bizarre at all, you know? And so I was like, okay, God, I guess you want me to go. I got my passport in like record time, like never happens as quickly as I got it. So it was all set. I was ready to go to Israel. Um, and 
which was incredibly challenging. People were like, are you so excited? And I'm like, I'm about 20% excited and about 80% doing this out of obedience because this is what I feel like God is calling me into. Um, So I bawled my eyes out when I left Aaron and the children, and I was at the Denver airport, like got through security, and I'm sitting by the Dunkin' Donuts just bawling my eyes out, just like, "Ah, I can't do this, I can't do this. And I was just so, so tender the whole time. And um, I had a connecting flight in New York, and I made it to New York. Um, I had amazing conversations along the way. It all felt really purposeful. I, you know, exchanged contact information with people, prayed over people. I thought, okay, we're just going to do this. I'm just going to, you know, (laughs) I'm going all in. And um, I get to New York. I had plenty of time to catch my flight to Tel Aviv. Um, It was like at midnight that night. Um, And I missed my flight to Tel Aviv. And um, it was crazy. I was detained by some other Israeli airline. It wasn't even my airline. And they it just seemed like incredible opposition, like insane. Op- I mean, I was just like, is this normal? Do you guys like just keep people and, you know, ask them really, really personal questions? Um, one fun fact, it is illegal to um, minister or proselytize to to minors in Israel, and I am a children's pastor, and so when they asked me what I do, I told them what I do, and that set them off. Um, so, I don't know, it was crazy. I had like five people surrounding me. I was just like, please just let me go. But by the time they let me go, I um, missed my flight, and I just started weeping, I started weeping. I was like, if anyone knows me, I'm like kind of a control freak with certain things. Aaron knows me best. When it comes to flying, I'm like, okay. Like, we got everything. I've got like a checklist. I've never missed a flight, ever, ever. And so this was like totally like, uh, I felt so stupid. I felt so like, what? oh, I should have did this. I should have did that. I should have did this. And it was so crazy. Um, and I just started crying and I was like, God, I'm so sorry. I messed it up. I messed it up. You did all of this for me and I messed it up. And he just like swooped in and like totally just was like, you didn't mess it up. I, you are right where I want you to be. I love you, Kathy. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I was just like, you know, like I felt, I mean, I don't know if you've ever experienced, like, the love of God in a real, like, thick, tangible way, but that's how it felt at JFK Airport when I was just sobbing. And and so I was like, okay, well, what do I do? What do I do? And he was just like, get up, you know, like, talk to the flight people, see what you could do, whatever. I don't know. I just, I had to get a hotel. I'd never been to New York, so... Spending a night alone in New York was incredibly vulnerable. I'm never alone. I am never alone. My children go to the bathroom with me. Like, I never get alone time. So you can imagine this whole process being incredibly vulnerable for me. Uh, So I um, got a hotel, and I got this amazing king-size bed. 
to myself, which you would think a mom of two little kids, like would feel amazing, right? I felt so lonely. (laughs) There was so much space in this bed and I slept on the very edge of it the whole night. And I'll tell you though, like that night, like God was like, you know what? We're going to deal with these deep rooted things of self-hatred, of fear, anxiety. Like we're going to deal with it once and for all right here in New York City. And he did. I'm telling you, like, since that night, I woke up the next day. I have not felt any fear or anxiety since. And I'm a very anxious person, like really anxious. Um, Maybe you guys don't see that that much because um, I also don't like to be vulnerable and show that. But Aaron sees it so much and the worst of it. And so when I told him this, even over the phone, he like started to cry because it's like a big deal. It's a big deal for me to not feel it. And if I have felt any bit of it, I've not yielded to it. I've not let it like totally bring me down. I've not, you know, like let it unravel me, which is what I would do before. And so, um, yeah, I woke up the next day and I went back to the airport. All along the way, I'm meeting incredible people and really um, nasty people, too, <laughs> you know. So there was, like, a lot of good stuff along the way, but it was really challenging um, just from Denver to New York. <laughs> and so I, I woke up the next day, new mercies every day. I go back to the airport, and... Again, I met with extreme opposition. Like, I've never experienced this from anyone at an airport. Um, But I go up and I explain what happened. I got detained. And this lady just starts yelling at me. And she's like, you're a liar. This did not happen. I'm like, what is going on here? This is the most bizarre thing. And then I was like, can I just, like, talk to a supervisor? And she yells across the airport and she says, don't help her. She's lying. Like, da, 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 da. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so by the time the supervisor got to me, she wouldn't help me. She's like, nope, there's something we can do. You have to call, you know, your airline. And I'm like, you are, you are this airline. So like you, you should be able to help me. She didn't. So I almost started crying again. And I felt like God just gave me this, like, he like renewed my mind, gave me this new perspective. And I just had this incredible amount of compassion for these representatives. And I'm like, you know what? Like, thank you, God, that I don't have this job. You know, that I don't have to deal with these kinds of crazy people day in and day out. I started thanking him for scum, thanking him for my caregiving job that I have too. And which, you know, before I left, I I probably griped about both of those jobs (laughs) a lot, maybe way, way too much. But, um, I had this like just new perspective and, and I was like, this is a pretty thankless job. I, I can't imagine being in this job, you know. So I, I, f- I really felt like that was from God because I, I think if it weren't, I probably would have yelled at them or <laughs> been ready, you know, to rip them a new one. So I get on the phone, and I finally get to someone who can help, um, sweet Nelson from Minnesota. Nelson, if you're out there, I love you so much. And I'm so grateful. Um, he is so patient with me. So, so patient. And he says, you know, like, I don't think we can get you out until like Thursday night at midnight, which wouldn't put me into, in, until like Friday evening. I would have missed the entire like power and love conference that I was supposed to go to. And I was so bummed. I was like, no. 
And then God was like, it's okay. I was like, okay, I'll take whatever you got, Nelson. And then he's like, well, hold on. Let me, let me keep looking. And so he paused for a while and he came back and he said, I don't know if we have pictures, if I included the one picture or if you saw it on my Facebook, but, um, he finally was like, well, how do you like adventure? And I just started laughing. I just started laughing. I was like, what do you got for me, Nelson? Lay it on me. You know, and he says, I can get you out today. He's like, but there is a stop, and it's, it's in Paris. And he says, you have to change airports. He's like, but they're not far from each other. And he's like, you'll have plenty of time to tour the city along the way. And I just, like, started crying, and I was like, Oh, you love me, God. You love me. You love me. And I mean, because that's like the picture, right? If you've never traveled internationally, like you, you want to go to Paris, right? I just like couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> so I got to go to Paris. I had no problems after this, by the way. I ran, ran into like opposition, opposition. And then as soon as that happened, you're like, all right, smooth sailing from here, you know, as far as like Paris goes. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit more in Israel, but it was, um, it was crazy. It was so beautiful. Um, the, the picture I put on my Facebook, I'm at this little cafe. It's beautiful. Sun beaming down. I have this perfect latte, this perfect little tart thing. And with the Eiffel Tower right there, just right there. And I was like, oh, this is so amazing. And it was, I just like felt so, so loved by God. So, so loved. Um, And I think it was everything that needed to happen to prepare me for my time in Israel. Because as soon as I got to Israel, it was just like boom, 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 nonstop, nonstop interaction with people. I was so overwhelmed emotionally um, just because everything just, I was so amazing and intense. Someone asked, did you have fun? I was like, I don't know if that's the right word that I would put, but it was amazing. It's an experience I'll never forget. So I finally made it to Israel. I'd only missed one session of the conference out of 10. So it's like supernatural that I even made it in time. Um, And so basically the conference was, we had several keynote speakers and they would speak um, and they would teach us about evangelism. They would teach us what the Bible says about healing and, um, you know, what, what it says about like casting demons out and baptizing people. And then they would say, okay, now go practice. (laughs) And so we'd have a teaching and we go practice and we come back for a teaching and we go practice. And (laughs) it was like nonstop from like 6am to like midnight. Um, so, I didn't realize when we went that I would be a leader. I thought I would go and soak up all this stuff, and they would be, you know, doing all these amazing things for me. Um, But they really used us, the Lifestyle Christianity group, and none of us knew each other. We were from all over the world coming together. Um, But it was amazing. I've been talking for a while. I told you I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, There's so much. Okay, so I went out. I'm telling you, I saw I saw people go from not walking to walking. I saw rabbis give their lives to Jesus. I saw like incredible healings. We saw so many people give their lives to Christ. Um, It was just it was amazing. And a lot of my 
part was really speaking to a lot of the believers and reminding them of who they are in Christ. And that's exactly what Christ was doing for me, you know, since New York on that, you know, I'm worthy, I'm loved, I'm valued, I'm heard, I'm known. And that's what I was imparting on everyone else. And so every day I had a translator who would run away in fear or shame or embarrassment because they didn't want to pray over someone. Literally every day I was like, okay, God, what's up with this? You know, like, so I'd go and I'm like, all right, let's dig, let's like deal with this root thing. Let's just deal with it once and for all. And it was just amazing. Like, there was so much deliverance and um, just really, really amazing things. There's two soldiers that a friend of mine is praying with. Um, There's the bottom lower left is a man who couldn't walk. He was a homeless man. And that little boy is, like, 8 years old. And the other boy is, like, a teenager, like, 16, 17 years old, praying. And he got up and walked. I wish I would have got a picture of that, but I didn't because then I was too busy praying with other people. But it was amazing. It was amazing to see the empowerment and to see, like, these people living out of the authority and freedom that Christ gives us. Um, So it was so good. I have so many stories, so much. I was telling Scarlett, like, I think I'm going to sprinkle them out over time so that I don't water them down and you can really get the meat of it. Um, But, yeah, it was... It was great. I saw a lot of people, a lot of people healed. Oh, and amazing, amazing. Let me tell you something. I've not taken a pain pill since day two of Israel since. I've not taken an allergy pill. I've not had to take anything. I have been able to pick up my children. No problem. I've had no flare-ups. I have no chronic pain since day two in Israel. And so, like, I'm like, praise God, like, Oh my gosh, it was amazing. This one prayer, even I've been allergic to dairy since I was a teenager. And this girl comes over to me out of nowhere, unprompted, and says, like, are you, like, do you have intestinal problems? You know, I'm like, oh yeah, what don't I have? You know? And she spoke another language, so it was like broken English. And she's like, you really like cheese, don't you? I was like, oh my gosh, I love cheese. I love it. And I was like, but I can't have it. It, like, you know, messes me up. And I even had a moment in Paris when I was walking by all these beautiful cheeses. And I was just like, aw, wish I could have that. You know, just a brief moment. And I feel like God just so heard that and honored that. And she prayed over me. And she's like, this is a land flowing with milk and honey. And God wants you to have this. And I have had dairy every single day since that prayer. No problem. I'm telling you, it's amazing. It's amazing. So, yeah, God is so good. He's so good. And it's not about the miracles. It's not about the healings. But it's about an invitation into relationship with him. And that's why he does these things. Um, and I just like feel like, I'm like, oh, man, how did I not know how loved I was before? You know, I'm just like totally reveling in that now. And, and now I don't know how I can go anywhere and not pray over people. So you might have to, you know, well, no, don't reel me back. Don't reel me back. We'll just, I'm going to start taking you guys out in groups. No. Well, yes, I will. I will. I'm not going to lie. I will. I will. So be ready because it's so cool. It's so cool. God is so cool. So thanks for letting me share. If you want to see the like five more pictures that I took, come see me. If you want to hear more specific stories, come see me. I'd love to share them. Thanks.
All right. Cool. I wanted you guys to hear that. Um, oops. Yeah. Um, you don't have to go to Israel to experience God. It's just that's the way he chose to do it with Kathy. Um, and so we just wanted to like share that God can do really cool things. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to be short tonight. It's kind of a short passage. It's pretty simple, but here you go. This is Ron. I don't remember what Ron really looked like. I don't know if his name was Ron. I'm just calling him Ron tonight, but uh, it's probably about 20 years ago, I think. It was, it's kind of weird because I was at this party, and I lived in Colorado Springs, mind you, but I was at this party at 14th and Calamath, just like right down here at this girl's house that we knew. And it was like a bad high school movie, you know, like the party got out of control, and she was like freaking out, and she was like, you have to get these people out of my house. And so me and my friends were like, yeah, sure, no problem, we'll take care of it. <clears throat> so I went upstairs. And uh, I was looking through the CDs, and she had the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang soundtrack. So I just kept putting on uh, the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang theme song and, like, cranking it up. And then I'd go to other parts of the house and do mischievous things to get people to leave. And it, it worked. Like, we eventually cleared the whole house. So people were really bummed out about hearing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. They would keep... They're like, who keeps putting this on? And they would like go and put other music on, and I'd sneak back over there. So at one point, I was sitting in this chair next to the stereo, just like chilling, and uh, waiting to put the put the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang soundtrack back in. And uh, this dude just starts talking to me, Ron. I don't know. He had a beard. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Um. And he just he just is like, hey, man, how's it going? And I'm like, pretty good. How are you? He's like, good, good. He's like, do you do drugs? And I'm like, no, no, not my deal. He's like, cool, yeah, man, yeah. I was like, all right. He's like, I do drugs. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, how's that going? He's like, he's like it's all right, man, it's all right. He's like, yeah. Um, he's like, I think my goal in life I was like, oh, his goal in life. This is, this is going to be good. He's like, I think my goal in life is to try all the drugs. I was like, cool, because you got to have goals. Like, um, yeah, and he just starts telling me all about all the drugs that he wants to try while I'm sitting in this chair hanging out at this weird party. Um, and I was just sitting there, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, this guy is serious. Like, he was probably high at the moment, but he was genuinely serious about trying all the drugs and explaining it all to me. And, like, I don't know. Maybe that sounds good to some of you. I don't know. It doesn't to me. I don't have any desire to do all the drugs. Um, but I was just struck by his, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go after this. You know, and it wasn't like a behavioral thing. Like, I'm going to go do drugs, and I'm like, no, don't do drugs. 
It was like, I am choosing my lifestyle from this day forward or whatever that to do all the drugs. And I was just like, wow, that's such a bummer. I was like, man, like if that is your only goal in life, I was just like, wow, that depresses me. Um, I was just like, man, I'm glad my life has more than that to it than to try all the drugs. Ephesians 4, 17 through 25. So this is where we're at tonight. Um, we're kind of kind of halfway through Ephesians. So far, just we've hit on just some of the things we've hit on uh, as we've gone through Ephesians is, you know, God's direction is towards you. Uh, Mike did God's rom-com, like just how much God loves you. And then we talked about being outsiders and how we tend to revel in that, but we don't need to. We need, you know, God wants us to be on the inside. Jesse talked about partying. Root down, rise up, party. Like root yourself in God. Um, And then Mike talked, about unity and there were some other sermons in there. Larry and Mike talked about, you know, apostles, prophets, evangelists. And so now we're here. Um, so yeah, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Um, I think it's the NAS. It says, in every kind of impurity with greediness. And that's what made me think of Ron. I was like, that guy only thing he wanted to do was indulge in every kind of impurity with greediness. Um, And I was just like, wow, that's such a bummer. Um, And again, I'm not putting you down if you've struggled with drugs in the past. That's not what we're doing here. I'm just saying, like, the again, the thought process of saying my goal in life is to do all this stuff. Um, Just struck me uh, as a weird indulgence that's, you know... I mean, we all grew up in the 80s and 90s. We know that drugs are bad, you know. Um, And it's like... it's It's not like we're surprised... You know, if we have tried drugs and, you know, something went wrong, it's like we know the risks involved, you know, and people still indulge and that happens, you know, that's life. People are looking for escape. But again, in Ron's case, I was just struck by that, Uh, you know, in the futility of his thinking, the futility of my goal in life is to do all the drugs. Um, Does that... I don't know. Does that seem futile 
to you guys? Does that seem like there should be more to life than that? Um, So then we move into the second half. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We got Ron again. Um, so, what what's bas- what is basically saying here? Um, for those of you who are doing the the covenant study, you know you've heard this a lot recently. Is to put off and put on, to put off the old and to put on the new, to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Um, that's the goal. If you're walking with Christ, is to put off your old self. And to put on the new self to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. If you're not cool with God yet, that's okay. If you're still figuring that out, keep figuring that out. Keep working towards that. Um, Maybe you're struggling with futility in your thinking, whatever it may be. And you think there should be more to life. This is the answer to that. So we got Ron, who wants to do all the drugs. And now we have Ren. And that's just a picture of Ren. Um, So here's where this shows up in Scripture other places. So Romans 12, 1 and 2, this is my favorite verse, probably. Uh, This had a huge impact on me back in the day. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. When you're a 15-year-old boy and you're reading the Bible and it says, do not conform, you're like, yes. Awesome. That's why this verse is my favorite. And then you read the rest of it. And then as you get older, the rest of it starts, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh oh. Well, hold on. Oh, there we go. There we go. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So again, we're talking about a life of futility or a life lived in the body. Second um, Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Um, picking up a theme here of what what Ephesians is teaching us to put.
put off the old, put on the new. Um, so, I don't know. What does that look like? What does it mean to renew your mind? What does it mean to be a new creation in Christ? Rebirth, yeah, that's a good one. So there we go. This is also Ren. Renew. This is my corny picture. For the sake of being corny. I don't know. I don't know why. It's just a dumb picture that I found on the internets. Here's some ways you can renew your mind. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Flee the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, and peace. Um, Some of those words are kind of big and unclear. I don't know. Look it up. See what the dictionary says. Start there. Philippians 4, 8, 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Kathy's trip was pretty excellent and praiseworthy. For her, for us who get to hear it, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Uh, That's a good place to start. Uh, If you feel stuck in where you're at in the futility of your thinking, start thinking about truth. Start thinking about what is noble, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely. Um, We have lots of lovely things around this building. Start there. First Thessalonians five, sixteen through twenty four, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you've ever asked the question, what is God's will for me? There it is. I'm simplifying it. I know your lives are more complicated than this, but try it. Start here. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. So if you're seeking the things of God, you will be renewing your mind. If you are seeking the things of this earth, the things of men, you might be struggling. Um, Yeah, if you're, I don't know. I'll leave it at that. You guys are smart enough. You can figure out if you are caught in the things of this earth if your mind is stuck on them, if your mind is angry over the stuff that happens here on this planet, um, it's okay to deal with that stuff. But then work towards renewing your mind. Work towards 
the peace of God in your life. Work towards good things. And again, any of this stuff is good to think about, you know. Um, I mean, uh, I guess that's about it. I'll leave it there. Cheesy picture for you to think on. Um, So yeah, we're going to enter into a time of communion now. And we have some bread in a bowl and we have a cup of grape juice and we also have some gluten-free crackers. You'll come up, uh, you'll tear off a piece of bread, you'll dip it in the cup. Um, Actually, what we're going to do tonight is, sorry, we're going to come up and we're going to serve the person behind us. So uh, the first person in line, well, that'll be me for at least one of these. I'll take the communion and then I will turn around and serve the person behind me. When you tear off a piece of bread, you say, the body of Christ broken for you. You dip it in the cup and you say, the blood of Christ shed for you. Um, This simple act tonight can be a way of renewing your mind. If you need to confess something, if you need to deal with something in your life, take some time to do that. If you need to work through some things with God, take His body and His blood and say, God, I need your help. Um, Yeah, I want my mind to be renewed. I want to cast off the old things and I want to seek you. So that's... um, Yeah, that's how we'll do that tonight. So um, Tyler's going to play some music and then just come as you're led.